Good afternoon. It's Friday, June 10th, 2011. This is the Executive Girlfriends Group, and I am Chicky Fitzgerald. And I am pleased to introduce our guest today, Marsha Reynolds. And Marsha has written a book called Wander Woman, and the subtitle of the book is How High Achieving Women Find Contentment and Direction. Welcome, Marsha. Actually, I worked uh, for corporations for 16 years before I went out on my own. Um, but I, I I think I worked for companies about five years, and I, there was just something in me that I just you know, had to move on. There was something more that I knew I needed to do, could do, um, and my current place just wasn't giving me that. And so I had this five-year itch. Um, and it wasn't until I was actually doing my doctoral work that I found there were a lot of women out there like me that um, – liked what they were doing and yet they felt that there was something more and I know one of the women when they uh, when you introduced yourself you were saying that I kind of sense that there's something more uh, and and something grander even that I can do um, so I as far as my other work I, I do travel around the world I um, out of the country every month doing leadership training and um, emotional intelligence and coaching skills but I was able to transfer my doctorate into a book, and so I've been um, also speaking uh, to women about this whole concept of, of wan- wandering <laughs> that we tend to do um, uh, because we, again, it's not that we don't, it's, it's bad, it's that we feel that there's something greater out there. Well, I would like to, um, uh, as we go into talking a little bit about the book and how it came about, um, I'd like to read just a little bit from the preface because this is the one thing um, that as Patty and I were looking through the hundreds of responses we got from uh, Help a Reporter Out, why why you just uh, jumped out at us. And the preface Uh says, you are more confident, assertive, and active. Oh, I'm sorry, I I started a little bit too late here. Uh, This book is for you, Wonder Woman. You represent a new face of high-achieving women who started moving into management positions about 25 years ago. You're different from the women who came before you. You're more confident, assertive, and active. Instead of hiding behind your desk, you put yourself on the front lines by constantly convincing, persuading, calculating, demonstrating, creating, and braving your way through corporate hallways. Your manager may label you rebellious and competitive. You see yourself as passionate. In your mind, you weren't hired to be efficient. You were hired to change the world. And if your style becomes more of a problem than an asset, that difficulty doesn't last for long. As soon as you feel you can no longer make a significant impact in your domain, you move to another department or company. Or you decide you can more easily change the world by being your own boss. And that just leapt off the page at me because it was so me. (laughs) When I look at the time that I did yeah. spend in corporate life, and, and I, I worked right. for corporations for about 15 years, 10 of those with American Airlines uh, Computer Division, which uh, ended up spinning out as a separate company called Sabre later on. And mm-hmm. and during that time, I mean, uh, the one line about your manager may label you rebellious and competitive was why I didn't fit in precisely yes. and and how totally I ended up moving out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the big problems is that we're totally misunderstood um, in that way, you know, in the workplace. And, you know, people think we're insensitive, too, when we're really just passionate. Um, I wrote a blog post recently about how sometimes our, you know, the, 
our ability to see the bigger picture when other people can't can get in the way because <laughs> they don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> so it's um, the main thing was is that all that you what you just read there. I call this an emerging identity of women that it's still not fully acknowledged that we have more and more women that don't need assertiveness training, um, that uh, do enjoy um, their careers, even out of the box, that they want something that's meaningful as a career, whether they want a family or not. Um, And it's not necessarily the whole having it all, but it's just that they do want to make a significant difference and they want new challenges and to apply their, these, you know, the great skills and intellect that they have. And this is new in our development. I mean, it wasn't even until the 60s that girls were even told, you know, you can do anything you want. In fact, you should go out there and conquer the world. <laughs> you know, this is brand new, and so we don't have a whole lot of role models for what conquering the world really looks like. Um, and I just, when I started doing my research, there just wasn't anything out there that was addressing us. And so I can't tell you how many women, just what you said, who um, send me emails and and, and notes just saying that, like, wow, I didn't know there were other women like me, and thank you for articulating um, this, because I know it's me, but I didn't know what it was. Well, and not only that, you know, I, I think the interesting thing is, and, and you know, I'm in my early 50s, and, and when I went to college uh, originally, you know, you, you go into college thinking, you know, well, what kind of company am I going to work for? And mm-hmm. nobody saw in, in me those characteristics that would make a great entrepreneur and said, you know what, we need to take you down this path. And yeah. just a, a, a week or so ago, there there was a story on the ABC Nightly News uh, about some, and I don't even remember who the, the entrepreneur is. Uh, uh, in fact, I think it's a fairly large technology company who is now encouraging kids not to go to college but instead to come and do a, essentially a four-year inter- internship for his company and, mm-hmm. and come and in I and bring that. their ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, and so I think, you know, again, it's this inability, and particularly for women, my age and and perhaps on you know in a kind of a bumper on either side of that who mm-hmm. didn't have uh people in the educational system who could see this and uh-huh. you know again i think we can be successful entrepreneurs inside of a company if if the company has the culture where you can do that so you know i don't want to imply uh, obviously that that this road only leads to to having your own business but it is awfully nice not to have anybody telling you what to do yeah well, but you said the right thing. If if the organization, and it tends to have to be large enough, is large enough to um, provide you with, uh, you know, f- new challenges and the ability to try out new ideas when you have them. Uh, you know, we have a hospital corporation here that's wonderful about that. It's like if you have an idea and you can prove that it's, you know, somewhat sound, then, you know, then go do it and, and uh and if it does work out, then, you know, we'll fund it. You know, it's like if we have the ability to move around within the organization, then we're okay. Um, but if we get stifled and, you know, we just don't want to get stuck in one place. And I found that it, an interesting thing that women um, leave jobs more frequently than men 
you know, you would think that wouldn't be true because of the the feeling of responsibility for family. But women are more likely to sit down with the family and say, um, you know what, I think it's time to go and engage the family and, and right. figure out how to problem solve through the change. Uh, so there's just really interesting dynamics that are starting to change for women that need to be acknowledged. And this whole push, you know, I... I it drives me crazy when I read articles about, um, you know, women need more development and more coaching, and that's the problem of why they're not leaders. When it's like to me, it's we know the problem is is that there's still some very bad assumptions and beliefs about who women are, and uh, we aren't being acknowledged for who we are and what we bring to the table and what we need in order to feel satisfied with our work. So it's the systemic change that needs to happen that will keep the women uh, not that we have to fix women in order to make them leaders. Exactly. Now, you have the book uh, laid out in, uh, in three different sections, and, and the first one is called The Quiet Revolution. And and there are two chapters within that. One is The Road to Somewhere, and the second one is The Burden of Greatness. Can we talk about The Road to Somewhere? Is this this sense of trying to figure out where it is that you want to go and, and knowing that there's some sort of discord and not knowing whether you need to fix it where you are or to find the right place? Um, the, 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 the road to somewhere, the first part of the book just kind of sets up uh, the dilemma, the, you know, the, the background of what created this mindset and um, uh, why we have this restlessness. Um, to uh, you know, so that when I say contentment, it really is this. It's not that I'm not happy um, with my circumstances. I'm very happy, but I still have this something, a stirring in me that says there's more. So the thing is, is that more is not defined, or um, as in the burden of greatness, greatness is not even defined. So once I complete something, it's like okay, well, that's done. There must be something more that I can do. <laughs> and so it's an endless quest. Um, you know, it's abstractal. It's not a, a clear destination. And um, I found that with women more in their um, 30s and 40s that it was really starting to be a push for purpose and meaning. And, meaning. and the younger ones in their 20s and early 30s, it was more of a, well, been there, done that, what's next? <laughs> you know? So, but it still had the same result. And then, as we get older, in our you know fifties and sixties, it's more about legacy. Um, you know, and what can we leave behind? You know, what are we doing that is really going to impact people? Um, so, but each of those has its own drive. And so, those the, the first part of the book just kind of sets up, defines what this is. And again, as the women say to me. I articulate what they had been feeling and didn't know, and didn't know all these other women felt the same thing. And, Marcia, can we step back just a little bit? Because I normally ask what it was that brought you to the place that you wanted to write this book, and who did you write it for? Who is, who is the ideal audience for this book? Yeah. Well, um, again, fortunately, um, I met an editor at a conference, and I was um, presenting my research, so I was one of the fortunate people that got to transfer my doctoral research into a book. Right. But it was more about what led me to the research was I was listening to some guys talk about women in the workplace, and again, he was totally um, describing somebody that wasn't me, and it wasn't the women I was coaching and the women I work with. 
you know, saying, oh, they always, you know, uh, don't, they only focus on family and they leave because of that and, and, and they just need to serve their skills and don't know how to say no. Yeah, and just, it was, I, there are women that uh, are maybe, you know, that fit that profile and then there are far more, not far more, but there's many, many women and, and I'm finding them all over the world that um, are smart, strong, goal-driven women that uh, are very confident with their abilities. M- you know, maybe on the inside they still need to work on themselves, but they're, uh, they know they can accomplish great things. And if they have trouble saying no, it's only because they think they're the only one that can do it right. So, <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, so we have other issues. <laughs> you know, and those issues weren't being addressed. And, and I felt, you know, I had... Uh, and and we tend to in our young years be warriors. So uh, yes, maybe that warrior kind of silences some as we get older. Uh, we're not necess- We kind of know we're not going to change everything, <laughs> but we shift into. So you know, what difference can we make? Right. Um, so a lot of what I was discovering and and creating exercises around self concept. Who really are we? And identifying our great contributions and how to articulate that because, you know, we do bring different things to the table. I just felt these were things I needed to share mm. with other smart, strong, goal-driven women. <laughs> oh, great. So the the next section is called intentional transformation. So what gets us to that place where we know that we need to transform and, and where do we start? Well, I think it's just the recognition that a lot of what this um, creates is um, exhaustion and <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. I found disappointment a very common word with the women I interviewed, that they said they'd start work and it seemed to be really great potential, and then it never quite turned out to be what they had hoped it would be. Um, and part of that is maybe we just put way too high standards, and there's a piece of that is managing expectations. Um, but another part of that is, um, you know, if we haven't clearly defined what we want, then we'll always be disappointed. So um, uh, I think it was just the realization of what this burden of greatness does to us emotionally um, and some of the difficulties we continue to have, you know, like being misunderstood in the workplace. So I think once we recognize Again, what a lot of women told me, once it was articulated, you know, what the problem was, then we could go into, okay, so now what? So the intentional transformation part of the book is um, uh, actually four very um, practical chapters that have, you know, here's some of the issues and here's some very definite exercises that you can do that's going to help you enrich your self-concept uh, really get a sense of what your a sense of purpose is for you. Um, again, what's your greatest contribution so you can articulate that uh, better uh, so you can get what you want. Um, so they're very clear um, things you can do to achieve that uh, that uh, sense of uh, a clear sense of of where you're going, uh, what you want, and where you're going. Right. And so those four those four elements are claiming yourselves, debunking your assumptions, opening the windows and choosing your course. And the one that that jumps out at me there 
is is the debunking your assumptions. What are some of the most common assumptions that hold us back from getting to that place of contentment and and just very clear direction? Um, well, some of the the assumptions that you know what we've been talking about that uh, you know we've worked really hard to be smart. Um, because that's what differentiates us from just being the cute girl. Uh, so we get into the workplace and we feel like, well, there is a right answer and it's mine, and um, everything is always up to me because I'm the only one that really knows how to do the work. Um, and that's trouble. <laughs> it not it kills us because then we take on too much. So um, there's you know, those assumptions of being able just to say to yourself that, um, you know, that this is true. Um, or the, you know, I have to be great at everything I do, not just, uh, and it's different from perfection. Um, it's about standing out, that I that my work needs to really stand out and be recognized, um, that there's a great need for that. And, and again, that's sometimes we push ourselves too much for that. Well, and, um, and in some company cultures, it's just not possible to even take credit for your own work. I mean, I worked for uh, a fairly short time uh, compared to the other corporate jobs I had, but I worked for a company that was based in France. Um, it, it was a global telecommunications company, but run pretty much by Frenchmen. <laughs> and mm-hmm. even though I was the highest-ranking woman in the company, I was treated just like an administrative assistant. <laughs> and no matter how great my work was, uh-huh. my ideas were, yeah. uh, my contribution, the culture would never allow me to get to that place. And that, that was the job where I finally said, you know what? Uh, actually, my boss, my boss said to me one day, hey, do you know of any powerful guys for the VP of marketing? And I kind of like him oh my like God. a football player. And I looked at him, and we were in Atlanta at the time, and I uh-huh. remember I'm not sure if I actually said it out loud, but remember thinking, you can't say that here. <laughs> and yeah. the next day I brought him my resume because he hadn't been the one to hire me. And I handed it to him and I said, you know, DDA, here is my resume. But you know what? Um, I am going to be leaving in a couple of weeks and, you know, wanted to give you time to find somebody to replace me. And he was completely floored because he had no idea not only how that one thing had come off, but how the whole culture yeah had made me feel like I could never get to that place of greatness. You know, forget having it on every single thing that you do, but even one thing. But that's the thing. You know, it's like there's these subtle, and in this case it wasn't so subtle, but there's these subtle um, discriminations. (laughs) Subtle like a sledgehammer. Yeah, right. But these assumptions, you know, well, uh, we're not going to give women the, they they don't want to travel because they have family. Without asking. If right. the woman wants to do it, you know, there's just um, decisions made for us that uh, are uh, crappy. So, um, you know, it's changing in some places slowly, um, you know. But again, we have to, we have to, with one voice, come out and truly articulate, you know, who we are, what we need, and keep saying that, you know, and not keep thinking that we have to do this on our own. So one of the things I, I have a call for is to create a positive comp- conspiracy of change um, for yourself and within your company that uh, we can't do this on our own. One voice isn't going to change all this stuff. And uh, But if we come together and, again, get very clear on what it is we want and need, um, 
you know, and keep voicing that, um, and and to call attention to those. You know, I had a client who she was pregnant, and her boss kept calling her the little mama, and I'm like, you know, you have to stop him from that. And she goes, oh, he's just a you know old school boy. And I said, even so, even more so, why you have to stop right. him from that? <laughs> you know, that's just insane. So, um, yeah, that's the you know part of it is you know is calling attention to that, but instead of just leaving or just allowing it to be because we say, well, that's just the way they are. Uh, well, things will never change if we say that. Right. So, um, And again, it's difficult to change on our own. Then we just sound like we're c- complainers. Um, so, yeah. So tell me that's where, part of it. But where you know, the, the, word... the chapter um, that before that even, the cells concept, I talk a lot about archetypes. Um, uh-huh. And like I said, I early on was a warrior archetype, and and one time my boss said to me, you know, dear, you can quit fighting. You've made it now, and that was very significant for me because I had reached the point where being a fighter wasn't serving me anymore. That I really had to get into how to influence and how to create a a, a, a strong vision and and inspire people to follow my vision and be a revolutionary instead of warrior. That chapter really helps, I believe, um, uh, women understand, you know, that we get stuck in a rut of who we think we are when actually we're many selves. And if we can draw on these different selves in these situations, we can handle those types of things uh, better. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because now I see that the way that this is written is claiming yourselves. Uh, with yes. selves being capitalized <laughs> and separated from the word your, and now that makes uh-huh. sense that that we right. do have have multiple archetypes uh, that are resident in us. I wanted to take you on to to the last uh, part of the book, which is called Wandering on Purpose. But I'd like to get a little perspective. I know, I know, book titles, uh, you know, kind of uh, are a collaboration or an, uh, a negotiation sometimes with the publisher, but yeah. but wander. <laughs> seems to be a, a core concept here. So I'd like to hear just a little bit of perspective about that and why we do need to actually do that on purpose. Well, actually, the the actual title, not the subtitle, but the title Wander Woman came from the man I was working with on the archetypes. And uh, when I was describing to him the uh, typical behaviors I was finding in the women that I uh, was researching, he said, oh, they're wanderers, as opposed to pioneers, which were many of the women that came before us. They would go in somewhere, and they would really entrench themselves to make a change, and then they'd settle They'd settle down. Or sometimes they would settle for. He says, these women don't settle. <laughs> and, um, and that's why I said, okay, that's a big distinction, um, that if, it may not be a physical wandering, but it could even be a, a mental wandering. Again, that for, uh, need for new challenges, um, not doing the same thing um, over and over. We can't do that. Um, so it's so that's where wandering, wander woman came from. That. Mm. And the like, thing is, I like is that, the don't settle piece of that. Yes, um, we yeah we don't want to settle, and if, because if we feel we have to, it's almost unbearable to live with. Um, to live with ourselves, but to live with the situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was a big part of it. So the wandering on purpose 
is so that oftentimes what I found were when women would make decisions to leave, whether it was their personal life even um, or their work, uh, that they would make it, it would be an emotional decision to leave without necessarily a clear indication of where they were going. Uh, it was sort of vague. Like even me, when I left to start my own business, I, I'd i set myself up to do that, but I wasn't quite sure what it would look like. <laughs> Unfortunately, right. it worked out. But um, we don't necessarily create uh, a real strong uh, set intention of what we want to create for ourselves in the long run. Um, and again, I, it, I don't think it's good to set say, okay, this is exactly what it is and nothing else will get in my way because we have to be flexible when opportunities arise. Um, and they will. Um, but to, to even know, and that's why I focus on sense of purpose. What gives me a sense of purpose and can I fill my life with that? So it's not my one life purpose, but it's the things that give me a, a sense of purpose. And if my days can be um, more dominant on on what gives me a sense of purpose, then I will feel more fulfilled. Right, and I think we are we are so conditioned, uh, particularly with with um, you know folks writing books about you know breaking through the glass ceiling. I love chapter eight, which is navigating through, below, or away from the glass. Right, which, you know, implies that you don't always have to be moving into that, and that you can actually be quite content moving through an organization getting the well-rounded education so that you can move to where you want to, whether that's in another company or within your company. Yes, I found, you know, the whole thing about, oh, there's only so many women in in those top spots, but a lot of that is that they can't get there, but there's a lot of times women say, well, they really don't want that. Uh, What (laughs) I do want is, is challenge, frequent new challenges and meaningful work. So it's not about, for women, um, as different from men, you know, it's more about titles and money. For women, once they have their basic needs met, it wasn't about titles and money at all. And I find that the younger generation of men are the same way, that um, that it is about, you know, f- that fulfilling my need for, you know, for challenge and, and things that I really enjoy um, and uh, that it's significant and meaningful. That's really important to women that the work I do is significant and um and then even beyond that that it, that there's it, that it's meaningful to people it it helps other people in some way i mean it doesn't have to be like therapy but i mean even if it's helping other people build their businesses uh, you know or enjoy their travel <laughs> you know right. it's it's meaningful in that sense that i know what value my work is doing and and so that doesn't mean we're necessarily going trying to be CEO. But can we get those needs met underneath the glass? You know, so there's a there's a that case study in that chapter 8 where I coach this woman on how she can you know find significant projects and things that keep her going within the company uh without having to always move up the ladder. Right, right. So uh, chapter nine is called raising the flag. What's that all about? <laughs> yeah. Well, that actually there's even on my blog site wanderwomanbook.com there's a letter to send to management, but where I wanted to clearly articulate here's what we want at work, and it's not necessarily what 
everyone else wants or what you may have been assuming we wanted. So again, the uh, we want uh, developmental opportunities. We want our work to be meaningful. We want challenges. We like a, a creative and collaborative environment, not necessarily into the uh, the heavy competitive and and uh, brown nosing thing. <laughs> which I talked to one of my clients this morning. We were talking about how can she promote herself without it feeling like that. Um, we want uh, uh, we like to be kind of manage ourselves. We don't like to be micromanaged. Um, we're pretty good at you know give it to to me and I'll run with it. Um, and we want our performance recognized, which is not enough recognition in most companies that I know. Um, I think flexible work schedules, again, then it allows us to have our full life because, you know, many women do have children. And and unless there's customer contact, there's not a lot of good reasons why there can't be flexible schedules um, today. And um, so it kind of just lays out what we need and then what a whole um, bullet point, a whole page on things that leaders can do um, in the culture to help create the environments where that will engage us and retain us. And, you know, right now we're more than 50% of the labor force. And when the economy stabilizes and people aren't worried about jobs, um, retention, again, will be a huge issue, as it has been in the past. Um, and uh, companies are going to need to retain their best women. We've many studies now showing um, what great advantages we bring to the workplace. Um, and that companies that had more women in senior, uh, had at least a third women in senior positions did financially better during the recession. Right. So there's a lot of things we bring, and they're going to want to retain us, even if they may not recognize it today. So <laughs> that chapter says, okay, you want us? Here's what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I know the answer to uh, to the last question in the book. Uh, chapter 10 is a tribe or a growing revolution. <laughs> this was actually a, a discussion I had with my editor because she said, you know, are you sure that um, this isn't just, you know, uh, one group of women and, you know, the book's not going to sell that much because there's only so many women that this applies to. And I said, I believe that as we get financially self-sufficient and, uh, you know, we're not looking for men to take care of us, um, we're looking for more emotional support and partnership, and um, we know what we can accomplish out there. That that this is just we're going to many more wander women are going to show up all over the world. And you know, again, I've been delighted to meet wander women all over the world. The book's been reviewed in Germany. I've been talking to some people in France, and then Siemens wants me to help them develop an ex executive women's program. And um, I, you know, was out. In, I've been out in Asia. And, you know, women's retention is a huge issue um, right now because they need they need to keep people and, um, you know, women are smart. So um, Wonder Women are everywhere. So even in the countries where I was surprised, where I thought they were more machismo countries, you know, women are really starting to stand out and, and say, I, I want to see what I can do out in the world. Hmm. 
Well, Marsha, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to walk us through your book. I can't wait to read the whole thing, Uh, you know, this whole notion of the positive conspiracy of change. And I know for for myself, I I fall into that warrior fighter uh, trap when I really (laughs) want to be the influencer. And I I take that, uh, you know, putting your dukes up uh, stance in in trying to get what I want. And, uh, you know, I can see how just... uh, Claiming the right place and the right time for that part of myself is is the right thing. So I'm really anxious to uh, to dive into the whole book. I do want to uh, take time in case anybody uh, has uh, a question or a comment about uh, our call today before uh, we turn to the other part of our program. If you are on mute, make sure to unmute your phone. Uh, do we have anybody who would like to ask Marcia a question? Those of you who were a three and a half, do you have a way forward now? <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, it's Anne, and I want Chicky. I just wanted to say real quick that I could identify when you were speaking about um, when you were working and they about the vice president job. It's something that happened similar to me with another company, which is why I left and went on sort of a roundabout journey to where I am now, which is a director mm-hmm. of marketing and sales here, where blatantly it wasn't it was even in a way it was even worse where my manager said to me and I went in for my review and so forth and so on and everything and they gave me this fancy new title you know and he said you know you're never going to make more money here he he told me that verbally and he said you're never going to grow he said that verbally and he said you're never going to make any more money and I just said okay you know and I just that's that was done you know it was over so it's just it was interesting and then when I gave my notice you know, when I found a new position before I came here, he was absolutely floored. He was absolutely that's floored. That's the funny thing, that they don't know that. You know, I mean, my right. boss, too, my last job um, was, uh, they said, he said, well, you know, your position doesn't really warrant any more promotions. And <laughs> when I left, he was amazed. I'm like, really? <laughs> but he thought that the money would keep me. See, again, right. they have no idea what we want. No idea. Right. So, exactly. right. It was- uh-huh. That was very interesting. Thank you. <laughs> How funny. We have to educate them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I was just taking a look at, at your letter, and it's it's really, uh, it, it's got some amazing stuff in it. I, I was just coaching uh, a CEO in a very, very old line uh, company in New York City, and uh, I'm I'm going to try to figure out how to send the letter to him, you know, not anonymously, but but to just say, you know, you really need to take a look at this because while while they you know do have a couple of women in in mm-hmm. important positions, um, yeah. you know, they don't give women their due uh, to the degree that they could to be more successful, and I, I think it's so easy for them to you know, and, and this isn't a man versus you know, I, I we've talked on this call clearly about how sometimes women can be the one who hold other. Uh, talented women back, and yeah. and so it's not exclusive. But um, anyway, I do on appreciate the, on that. The, yeah, on the blog, on the um, where it has articles um, uh-huh. in the news. Um, I think there's a link. Um, my article preventing the female brain drain uh, was in Employee Relations Journal, and and um, I think there's some links to some articles. So maybe that might be a better way of addressing it. So right, but right. Uh, yeah, good, good. 
All right. Well, Marsha, I so appreciate your time, and you are always welcome uh, to visit us on Fridays. We uh, have a call at 4 o'clock Eastern every single week, and we interview a different author or expert. And uh, I think Patty had had sent you an invitation to the Egg platform, which allows you just to update your profile so people know how to reach you. So they don't. Uh, yeah. A lot of the people who listen to this uh, are listening while they're running or walking or driving, so they can't yeah. always write it down at the time. But uh, again, this was Dr. Marsha Reynolds, and she is the author of Wonder Woman. Her book is available on the Executive Girlfriends Group uh, bookstore. And uh, her site is, well, she's got wonderwomanbook.com, and that's what she was talking about where she had the letter to the uh, uh, the boss. Um, just as an aside, Marsha, on Chrome, the browser Chrome, uh, it doesn't work to download that. It does work on Firefox, so I was able to download it. Oh, okay. um, do you Is that your primary website? No, outsmartyourbrain.com okay. uh, is my primary Great. Well, okay. Well, thank you. Terrific. Thank you so much. All right, my dear, and I will be turning off the recording now because we like to keep everything else uh, just right within the egg group. So thanks uh, for those of okay. you who have listened to to the call today, and uh, have a great weekend, Marcia. Okay. Great. Thanks. Okay. Bye.